you know, squatting is one of them ones where I feel that I feel that they are an exercise that needs respect. Oh yeah. And I, I, dis- yeah. I dislike when I see people squat and look like they're butchering the movement. It really does. It's the one I like, I'm not a horrible person, but I do get offended by an ugly squat. That's a t-shirt. Remember the podcast is fully sponsored by mutant. I am mutant.com. Hit up the website, iammutant.com. Use your code DUSTY20, Big Ron 20. Either one works fine, no matter what Dusty tries to tell you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, buddy. No, thank you. I was just watching you, you know? earlier, actually, you boys. At the, uh, I was watching a mutant on a mission uh-huh. at your gym with you and uh, Dusty. And I no, swear no I saw way. you, Scott, wandering around. Yep, that was me in the background. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's definitely Scott walking around. So, yeah, yeah, I was watching that earlier. That's awesome. It's no, awesome. thanks for joining us, man. We're happy to have you. This is your third time on the show, I believe. Third? I think it is. You're the yeah, only yeah, third yeah. three-time offender. You're yeah, you're the only guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, okay. I'm pretty privileged, I must say. Thank you. Okay, it's well, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, everybody. I'm Big Ron Partlow. We've got Dusty Hanshaw, the producer, Scott McNally. And joining us on today's show, I'm not even going to call him a guest. We're going to call him a, an additional co-host for the week because he is a three-time offender. Of course, the shed, James Hollingshead. How's it going, buddy? Very good. It's weird. The number three feels really like apparently I did three sets and everything at the gym. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. you know, third time on here. I was just thinking about pro shows. I've won three pro shows. I'm like, wow, if it's threes, it's a magic number. Hey, three's a good number. That's three's a good number. Keep that in mind from now on. Yeah. 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 Let's get that fourth, and we'll have you on again. Yeah, yes. and, and I, yes. I'm really happy we're getting the, the full trap dealt upper peck <laughs> shot. You know, like give the people what they want. Those people that 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 just dying for an inch of skin, they just can't wait to see a little bit of James. And now all of a sudden, they get to see his traps wiggle around for the next hour. (laughs) Well, when I'm when I'm streaming, when I'm playing games, I do this. I felt like it'd be really not very fair with it to the community if I don't do this here as well. So (laughs) you you uh, so so how's the gaming stuff going? I like open this little world up to me. What is going on? You're on Twitch and everything. Are you like? You're like a separate gaming celebrity, or are you still no, I wish, bodybuilder I wish James? I have, I'm bodybuilder James, but I have a great little community on there. Obviously, um, I have a Discord, which is like a, um, a server page, and I have a lot of people in there that just love bodybuilding. Some don't even really love bodybuilding, just love gaming, and we all kind of just talk in there. Last night, I was watching the, um, the, the pro show, and I had a few friends. We were all kind of looking at it together, watching the pro show, just like a good community space. And I, I met all these people through gaming rather than bodybuilding typically that's cool um, but a lot of them now bodybuild because of it so huh. i know i'm not a celebrity in it but it's a good little place to be yeah that's awesome yeah so what's the main game i mean i i think call, i know what you do but call of duty obviously yeah call of duty. but it's every just day. every day call of duty like every day call of duty the call of duty is an everyday one because it's social so it's like us now you know i'm talking to you guys i could be doing that with my second monitor with my friends on there and we're all playing Call of Duty. Um, but I do play solo games, obviously some campaigns and stuff, if, if the story's rich enough to get my attention. But, you know, that's far and few. And I'm still a sucker for old games as well, like Mario and whatnot as well. So oh, I've yeah, been, yeah. Yeah, I've always been into, like, I, I played games when I was a kid because my mother had a, a Nintendo Entertainment System when I was really small. So I, my, I, I have fond memories of playing Super Mario Bros. 1 
when yeah. I was like very very small. So yeah, so I'm, all uh, the way back. Probably to a OG. gamer. I'm probably a, yeah, I'm probably a ga- I'm a gamer before bodybuilder really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, hey, I, I, I got, I, I remember getting an original Nintendo for Christmas when they were like new. Like, what was that, 1985, 86? I would it have bought a been, Nintendo yeah, cause, for Christmas. Cause, cause this was, yeah, because my, my mother had the console, and obviously it was prior to my birth, actually. So that's yeah. how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then obviously by the time I was, you know, young infant and able to process and play a game, that was what was available. So. Yeah, yeah 80s. I'm, I'm, I, was in 80s. I was born in 89. I, I must have finished, I must have finished 100, 200 Nintendo games. I must have wrapped. Yeah, yeah. and then it was Sega, it was Sega Genesis for me after that. I must have wrapped a couple hundred Sega Genesis games. Those were the mm. old days. I, I was never, there was like two factions, you know, you had your Sega people and you had your Nintendo people, and I was always the Nintendo guy. And my friends right. all had the Sega because over here, the Sega Genesis was called the Sega Mega Drive. Because oh, North America, no. for some reason, has different names of consoles. Like the Nintendo, I think the Super Nintendo was called the Super Famicom or something. Um, Weird. Especially okay. in Japan. Yeah, huh. so there's different names, but they're the same console. Yeah. So yeah, you guys had the Genesis, we had the um, Mega Drive, and all the Sonic people were over there, and then like I was the Mario guy. Oh, oh right. yeah, I guess Sonic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. started on there, yeah. Sonic yeah, Center, yeah, right. isn't it? So, yeah, so if you ask someone like really like in life, if there's one question, like what sort of person are you, and they don't know... You know, like the fundamental um, question to what sort of person are you, you will confuse someone asking them, but the only real question that should be answered is, is it Sonic or Mario? Like, that is... <laughs> right, okay, okay. It's not, are you a boy or a girl? It's not, are you, you know... Just cut through it all. It's, yeah. are you Sonic iPhone, or Android, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sonic yeah. or Mario? <laughs> that will solve, solve everything, and that will make sense of everything about that person. The the reason the reason I got into into the Sega was because they were the that was the first system that had EAS John Madden football and NHL hockey. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo yeah. didn't have those yet, so when those games came out, they were Sega Genesis games. And then yeah, I was a John Madden football and NHL hockey addict for like years after that. You know, good times. Yeah, a lot of people like the sports games. Like I. The only one really I really got into like sports one, and obviously I think a lot of people did was like when Tony Hawk's came out, like at the skate- oh. skateboard. Oh yeah, That's yeah. When, like, that was just like polarizing how good that was, and I really enjoyed that. But the I didn't really play many of the soccer. We played a little bit like the soccer ones. You had Pro Evolution soccer when we was a kid and FIFA. Um, again, you get a lot of people that play those. But I've I don't know. I always like the more obscure sports. So like you obviously do BMXing. There was one called Matt Hofton BMXing. Oh yeah, right. Matt had a so game. That was, yeah, that would have been something that you would have liked and that was a game oh, i played yeah, as well that was, that was awesome yeah. yeah i just saw a funny instagram reel with tony hawk uh being interviewed and they said how much did you make off that game and he said that when tony hawk 4 came out he went for lunch with the guy from activision or whatever and and the top the first three tony hawks were still in the top 10 sales wow and the fourth one was coming out and the first one was being sent into what's called classic mode where they relicense it to like a million yeah, like other things yeah 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 and uh he said the guy handed he said uh, the games are going really well we want to update <laughs> you here with a little four million dollar check whoa a little four million check <laughs> nice oh, he said the biggest check the biggest single check he ever got was from activision or whatever wow. EA, whatever whatever gaming that is when uh number four came yeah. out and got a four million dollar check so i was like That's oh man wild. i remember the tony hawk series was cool because it was i think the very first game that licensed real music real music yeah you had like uh that's right. oh, yeah, yeah. ace of spades remember 
Ace well, of Spades. Yeah, That's fucking Motorhead was in there, and yeah. and they had all the punk bands, and you started yep. to get on that skate punk genre. Pink it was like two. boosted from yeah, Tony had, Hawk one, two, three, yeah. four, Megadeth. Like they had like yeah, and, and it's funny because my training partner, I'll put a song on when we're training at his gym. I'll put some music on, and he'll go, "Oh, I know this song from Tony Hawk too, or no. whatever." <laughs> it steered, I think I think that game steered a lot of people's music taste. Oh yeah. At the time, you might you might not have really been considering. I remember being a kid, not really considering music until I heard it, you know, through something else that wasn't the musical means, and then actually getting interested in music. So for a lot of right. people, that would have been their, like introduction to a group, like like yeah. say Big One Eight Two or whatever, it would have been yeah. through a game. So game is responsible for a lot of interests, really. I, I heard that the new Grand Theft Auto, someone told me the, the newest version, there's a radio station, because you know you can change the radio station? Yep. There's one that just plays nonstop Joe Rogan forever. That's what I've heard. There's a no rumor. Kidding. That, no kidding. There's a rumor that Joe Rogan's podcast is one of the stations. Yeah, and it's just an infinite <laughs> yeah. loop of like 2,000 episodes of Joe Rogan. It'll yeah. just play forever. <laughs> I, I can see that being the case, because GTA have mega money. Like they, that that franchise they got Spotify like, money. <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got they've got crazy money. I think they've done something like they're in like the billions of sales, like yeah. from that game, and it's still played today because it's uh, on online. So the last one they brought out, which is Grand Theft Auto Five, because they just update it all the time because it's an online game as well. It's had a yeah. lifespan of like god knows how many years. And I heard a rumor again the other day that when number six drops, the price for that game is going to be one hundred and fifty dollars just for the game because of how much content's packed into it which is no triple nearly what a normal game costs so wow. pretty crazy yeah but when you got a product like that you can do that you can be like hey you guys can. a new one it's three times as expensive and it's yeah. crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you're established <laughs> like that and people would have thought product, that beating up hookers and setting cops on fire would be so <laughs> profitable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that just shows doesn't that just show like how uh, morally um, kind of messed up we are as humans because we're basically just using that game to like you know to live vicariously through what an avatar that we wish we could act like <laughs> yeah yeah do you know what i mean like so we, we know we're gonna get arrested if we go outside and do some of these you know uh the, haters crimes the, the last one life, i played like, you've got an opportunity i i played san andreas for a while i played the san andreas one for a while and you could like go to the gym and work out and get oh, you stronger eat the food and get tonk get massive and yeah. then you could yeah. like eat more and get bigger and then you could just like walk around and beat up people and that's yeah it was wild. Just, it's just crazy yeah oh, oh that was great that was great I, I loved that man yeah so yeah gaming man what, what a thing. so how many how many hours a day how many hours a day like like, like take us through this is like two hours a day oh, honestly or like you go down uh, so rabbit like, holes on my, weekends yeah. or yeah i'll wrap up my day at like this kind of time typically so everything's done for the day you know training and etc um any calls or emails to do with like the gym and stuff and then uh you know i'll say to the lads i'll be like i'm aiming to be on by like 8 p.m and i'll probably play till close to midnight yeah every day part of that's a social thing yeah. too, because you're like hanging out with your friends right it's absolutely social for me because there's a roster of friends i have that can loop because there's probably enough of us to have probably a cycle of about three teams. So if I catch up on a Monday with, you know, three of my friends, yeah, Tuesday, quite likely to have a different two join the group and catch up. So throughout the week, you're just basically socializing with different members. Yeah, it's not of your exactly friends. the same people every day. No, you might miss, you no, might yeah. miss a day or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed the odd day like yesterday because the, um, obviously we had this, the Europa um, championship. I was watching that stream. So I didn't play yesterday, but I'll catch up with some people tonight and, you know, 
get a lot of people like, oh, gaming's like throwing your life away, but not if you've done everything else for the day that you need to do. Sure. Right. You know? Yeah, I used to Sometimes play get, if, all the, like, the, the boxes. I played like the, the computer, the PC games back when like, Doom yeah. was out. I remember playing Wolfenstein. Doom. Yeah, Wolfenstein. Yeah. And then you yeah. would beat it, and at the end, it would it would tell you like how many hours you invested into actually completing the game. I'd be like, oh crap, Whoa, I spent a lot of time. time. On I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. No, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, because no, then you do feel guilty. <laughs> but now I'm seeing, you know, uh, in the in the shooting world, like competitive shooters and guys who are just collectors and stuff, and all the gun tubers, they th- there are people that are uh, that are gamers that are now actually getting into like actually collecting real guns and shooting. Yeah. And the most popular firearms are the ones that you can get in games. Those are the That's ones that everybody wants to too. buy now. So it's like it, there's yeah. a lot of crossover, you know. Well, we were talking about certain, you know, certain uh, types of guns before this. And uh, yeah. like I say, many of them are present in Call of Duty and they're available. So <laughs> if you can get yeah, them and yeah. you want to collect them, then, you know, why not? Um, you know, it's, it goes beyond just, any, you know, any game genre, there's often something within that that is a, something you wish to collect. I got yeah. a lot of collector's pieces up behind me. So there's a shelf like up here okay. with like characters from the Resident Evil franchise because I'm really oh, into like Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah. So I'm going to grab one down just to show you. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to see this. I'll remind everyone to like, share, oh, subscribe, you go. So you got, comment, yeah. and ring the bell. There Whoa. we go. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Damn. Ooh. That's wild. How much is something like that? So, you know, cost? stuff like that. Whether it be like the like actual gun from the game. <laughs> yeah. That's not that bad. That's, that's probably only about, I think I got that for about 75 pounds. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, some, some are more expensive than others for sure, but that that's that's pretty reasonable. That one, yeah. And that's uh, that's, that's by a company called. If anyone wants to know, by a company called Numskull, and uh, they're they, you know if you're looking for an affordable piece to put in your room, they're pretty good. I have got something coming actually, that was like a thousand pounds, a big one. Yeah, um, but it's, it was a pre-order, so it it won't be dispatched till like the year's end, and I've basically been waiting about a year from it. So for it, so. Yeah, um, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend buying the expensive ones, but sometimes you see something you really love and you're like, okay, I'll get it. So you what, said what, too. What, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Scott. I, I was going to say you uh, you said that like so a lot of the guys that you play games with they weren't initially into bodybuilding, but you said now they're getting into it. You've are you yeah, saying yeah. like you've influenced some of the guys that you you play the games yeah. with? Yeah, like it works two ways. Like they've introduced me to perhaps a style of game that I would have never even looked at. And then some of them joined this discord community weren't overly into anything, but gaming and now like join the gym and they're like, you know, a year because we all met during lockdown actually. So it was like my, I started this discord during like the, the COVID era. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So these people have all met each other since then. So a lot of habits have been developed since then. And obviously one of the things that a lot of people probably decided they want to do after that time was look after themselves so mm-hmm. fortunately you know a lot of them were introduced to the idea of going to the gym perhaps eating better and um, just generally taking more consideration in you know your physicality and how you feel so yeah a lot of the guys that weren't training you know two years ago three years ago whatever it was now are a year or two deep into their training now and some of them have competed for the first time like recently and stuff so it's yeah it's really cool that's cool it's really cool that's yeah. cool to see that spreading, influence we're spreading the, we're spreading the word you know we're spreading the word yeah yeah, yeah. So James is like the biggest nerd that must exist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you're, you're a total nerd in a good way, you know. I, lo- I but love like, it. <laughs> but he breaks the mold, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can it's, we can 
talk sci-fi movies if you want to. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, see, well, I, don't, I don't know how I compare with movies because I don't think I'm the best person in movies, but... Different I, I layers speak, of nerd. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of new stuff. Okay. Right. So if you if you were to throw something at me, maybe that's a bit older, then maybe I have a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, same here. You know, I, could talk I'm, about, I'm I could talk about Terminator 2 all day. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Or I could talk about, um, I don't know, Bam Stoker's Dracula all day. Like, stuff like that is yeah. no problem. But I'm, right. not as, uh, yeah, I'm not as in keeping really with, I suppose, movies of new, just because I feel like a lot of it's just a repeat of some of the good stuff that was already done. You know? Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. How do you, I wind how up do you continue, like you continue to take film forward, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. I'm, I feel well, like so I'm hard What do you like then? Yeah, what do you like? Your Star Trek guy or something? Well, yeah, I, I'm... I'm I'm actually like a quite a Trekkie. I know a lot about Star Trek. Um, you look like a Trekkie. I, you do look. Like a I grew up. Yeah, I grew up on the, on obviously like the original and Next Generation and Voyager and all that yeah. stuff was kind of my my bag when I was growing up. But I really liked Star Trek because I thought they were. I I thought like, you know, that's true sci-fi. You know, I never considered. Like that's like, way, I felt like that's the way that things were perhaps going. Yeah, and I, I guess it's sort yeah. of, I don't know. I think Roddenberry was like a genius because he, you know, if you think about what he did in the late 60s with that TV show. Amazing. You know, he had predicted a, telephones, predicted, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and he also, what he did, he had a black female officer, communications oh, yeah. officer. He had a Russian pilot. He had a Japanese navigator. Very inclusive. He had, uh, yeah, but it was his vision of the future but, where the world is united well, and we're no like longer... That, yes. Hmm. Well, that's why there was an episode politics. where there was an episode where it wasn't it. Um, it was uh, the president uh, Lincoln kind of speaks to the lady in in a in a certain way that wasn't rude, but showing of our times. And then he actually is like educated by them and like, oh, this is good. Like he understands that in their time, yeah, how things have progressed and moved forward, and everyone's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was I, I felt like. Better. The thing I liked about the old Star Trek was every episode had like an underlying moral yeah. like dilemma yeah. that yeah. must be dealt with. And I just saw it like looking back, I'm like, I think it was actually an integral part of growing up as a kid and who I yeah. developed to be was like these little moral lessons every week. You know what I mean? Do the, doing the right sure. thing and, you know, all that sort yeah. of stuff. So it's just interesting. But at the time, you don't realize it. You know, right? It's and funny you say that because I, I was I was thinking the other day, and this isn't quite the same. But I was thinking about like, obviously, you have a parent, but you also have influences from external sources. And I was sitting in the garden doing a video for some channel that I do some stuff for, and I was kind of talking about bodybuilding and how it's kind of it nurtures a lot of your personality and your morals, um, just because of exposure to certain individuals or whatever. And, you know, I was trying to say that it's not obviously just bodybuilding, but I can speak from my history because my history is involved heavily in bodybuilding. That A lot of my parenting, although from my parents, also came from bodybuilding. And that's why I have such a, uh, a love towards what we do, because I feel it's responsible for a lot of what I am, because <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it was part of your it was part of your development as a human, like you say, because you were doing it from a young age or you're exposed to it from a young age. A lot of your traits and your attributes and your opinions or yeah. moral compass comes from the environment that you was around during that time. And whether that be from, you know, programs, musical influence, parents, 
or bodybuilding, wherever you spend the most time in and involved in, it's going to be heavily responsible for the person you become. And I was basically just trying to do a video basically saying the reason I can praise bodybuilding so heavily is because I feel it's responsible for teaching me many good lessons. Yeah. Um, right. And it's just funny you say that because it kind of, it related to how it taught you a lot, even though it's not actually your direct parent, but there's that influence there that is really, really important and fundamental during the developing stages of a person coming up. I can oh, relate yeah. to that. Yeah, I think yeah. we all can yeah. relate to that. Yeah. Having, um, there's like so much, I mean, we know so much data now about when someone's in the formidable years of their life, you know, that, that teenage, <clears throat> that teenager era, you know, and, and they have something that they think about all day because they, they can't wait to do it. Mm-hmm. How much less wandering and less trouble they get into and less, you huh. know, uh, wondering who they are as a person and just all that stuff mm. is minimized when there's something that they're thinking about all day. And I remember just like my entire day was just noise until I got to the gym, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. and, and just having that focus. And then like you grow up later in life and you realize you're like, oh, I have to have that focus every single day on something. That's just how I am now. I like mm. got yeah. wired by that. Like yeah. every single day, yeah. there's something I'm doing today. Like every yeah. day has a main event. There's sure. a main event every day that's like happening and that's never going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, uh, yeah. yeah. So that I just think if I wouldn't have had that, you know, people that don't know what they're mm. doing with their day, that feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, odd, that's an odd uh, thought to even imagine because you're also working towards a long-term goal with short-term decisions. And I feel yeah. like that's something that people, if you don't play sports as a kid or you're not in the gym, <clears throat> where do you get that? lesson or losing or you know like i loved watching mm. our youngest try to get her bench up because she'd miss mm. and then there's frustration i'm like oh good i, I need yeah. you know, something something means something to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know but yeah. but then after three four weeks of hitting a number when she hits it i'm like she she thinks this is just having fun and training i'm like this is your whole life yeah because you're gonna be facing still. this this is what you face for the rest of your life hmm. challenges yeah. and and, and yeah, overcoming like never and, stops uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like ever it, it once it starts just, it just changes doesn't it it just changes um yeah and i think as you get i know from my own experience getting older it's kind of hard because you feel like you have to look for that um because you can find yourself even later in life feeling more lost even though there's more to you right <laughs> do you know what i mean um in regards oh, absolutely. to like, I, I felt like I think for people of like our kind of like age groups and beyond, like for example, bodybuilding, how it's changed very much. And I don't like to put it down. I'm not putting it down because different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. Mm-hmm. The environment is one I don't recognize as much. And mm-hmm. I found myself trying to find my environment because I couldn't relate to the one that's current. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I kind of went through and I have been going through and I still think I go through quite a lot because things are very different now, but um, again, I don't know where I'm really going with that, but one of my like latest challenges, I think, in life has been just trying to make sure that I can somehow f- put my vision onto something that keeps me on the straight. Like you said there, mm-hmm. like you have to have something that you know motivates you or draws you, and it's a it's a you have to have some sort of quest and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think you know for anyone listening, you'll probably find as you get older, even though you've established a lot and f- you know created a lot you change and sometimes you'll find yourself in a position where you're like wow like for some reason i've done a lot of things but i still feel like i need to do more or something different you know oh yeah, yeah. well i think that's the whole idea yeah. is that you 
you, you know, once you get used to, like, I can't, we talk about this in my house sometimes, like, I can't imagine going to a job that I didn't care about just as paying my bills and then coming home and doing nothing and just like <laughs> yeah. watching TV because I get stressed. Like, even when things are going really, really well, Eric, okay, I need a challenge. I mean, that's why Ron got back on the bike or you do different things. Like, you mm. need some sort of a challenge. Um, I wanted to ask, though, James, kind of a tie in. So, when you mentioned that things, you know, you don't really recognize bodybuilding as much, um, is that why you kind of have made some of the adjustments between like the gym and, you know, Endeavor or Hiron Milos? Is that all to bring that stuff back all, to life? Yes. Yeah. It's all to do with that. It has <laughs> to be because your decisions are ultimately based on what you're feeling, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Even if I recognize it or not, you know systemically you're making decisions consciously without realizing because you need something to change so anything i've done whether it's hire milos decide to open a gym is stemming from something internally that is is required you know and um i definitely i can identify it now like i'm creating a gym because i do need change of environment i need one that's more along the lines of what i wish to create mm. um and then with milos like i said on the other podcast just trying to reestablish a connection with people that are from an era where this kind of meant more um, mm -hmm. and wasn't so wasn't just about popularity because popularity doesn't really mean anything to me it more so about just purpose and passion because hmm. I feel like there's just a lack of that now it just feels like there's an immediate race to be known and the race to be known is just something I don't find very attractive at all and hmm. it's hard to be in an environment that you find unattractive mm -hmm. um it's very forced, you know, going into the gym and, you know, I, I'm up for people filming themselves and wanting to challenge themselves. And again, I can't say it's wrong because I think if you're born with a generation later where that is the way, that's all you know, so it's fair enough. I just know that for me personally, it just feels very off and um, I find it very hard to be me in, in certain environments. So, yeah, I suppose I'm just trying to find an environment that feels more along the lines of what I require, I suppose. Hmm. Do, do you think with the gym um, that will enable you to, you know, help some younger guys to see, uh, like you said, another option or things like that? Because I, I ask because that's something like we talk about, obviously, is, um, you know, how do you help boys become men that don't have that background? You know, yeah. is that sign up? Are you hoping to be able to do that with the gym as well as get some people in there? I and am. Have, I, I, I think a lot. Way? Yeah. I think something that like. Ron said on the video like earlier that I was watching, I think one of the most important things and kind of makes that happen is just being present in general. Like I think, mm -hmm. I, I know that King's Gym, when I was really involved with it, had a way better, and I hate to say it, had a way better environment and essence to it. And people were doing, I don't know, they were, I don't know what it is. There was just something that was just better. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I detached myself just because of my own reasons kind of thing. Um, and... You feel the shift, the tonal shift, which just isn't one that I think's that good because there's no face there. There's no one leading the way for the people, no one presenting mm -hmm. themselves to show people the right way. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's very important for somewhere to have, um, it's not like, it has to have an identity. Mm -hmm. And whether that identity is a selective group of people or one person or just something, there just has to be something. And something without any identity for me a soulless place can only breed soulless result. I just don't think it can lead to anything positive. Um, so, you know, my, my intentions of the gym that I'm opening is pretty much like Ron, like I'll be there every day because I like to be like, I'll be around and I'll be there 
in person to motivate even if i don't say something to people even if i'm just there and people are like this guy's done this walk this knows this and you know i might want to be there myself so just by him walking through the doors you kind of subconsciously turn it on and work harder because yeah. i did the same when i grew up and i'm not saying like that from an, like an egotistical view i don't think i'm some person that can make a room light up but i know when i was coming up that if i was around a professional who i admired or respected it was certainly something I found very motivational. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah. It's never a bad thing. So yeah, basically, I just want to be—I just want to be an energy and give some energy because I love give. I think giving is way better than receiving. And I'm at an age where I don't really feel like I need to receive much. I'm, I'm much more um, content when I see something I do do something for someone else. And I think just mm-hmm. being present and spotting the odd person and saying, "Let's go, let's do this set." I think that can go so much further and actually I think it benefits me as well selfishly with my own acceptance of where I am in life. Sure. I can promise you that you will find immense amounts of uh, reward, both Hmm. expected and unexpected Hmm. in the, like, I don't, I don't think you, um, like, obviously you're a smart guy, you know, it's coming, but I don't think you realize how, how, uh, how much of a powerful motivator and inspiration you could be when when it's your gym you know mm. and uh and people like you know people are going to come there first of all for a reason and they'll find it you know so yeah. i'm excited for you i think you're gonna love it you i know? like th- th- this is like such a it, it's really a, such a deep conversation but because I, I can relate to everything you're saying james and i kind of feel like that sometimes you can feel that i can feel that sense of like hey this doesn't feel like like I can think of like going to the Arnold Classic in modern days versus a decade mm. ago, and and yeah. how how do I feel fitting in there compared to mm. then? And obviously I'm older now too, and it just there there's a couple I think ways that you can approach it. And the first way is almost out of fear <laughs> and thinking like, okay, well, what do I need to do to fit in now? Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And, and I think that what you're doing is stopping and you're saying like, well, instead of trying to figure out what do I need to do to fit in with this, how do I cultivate the world that I want? You know, I, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I feel I, I, can, I, I, yeah. I can relate to that a lot, too. It's a it's a good message just overall. It's a, you're, you're a real genuine person, man. And I, and I always like to hear that kind of shit. I, I expect nothing less from this conversation. I, I <laughs> always appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, I, I think... Um, I think like to like force yourself to fit in is probably one of the because I, I say it's this whole like comparison is the biggest evil and hmm, if you're yeah. changing yourself to be like someone else that's because you're comparing yourself to someone else and feeling like what you are isn't adequate mm-hmm. so you need to have a bit of faith in who you are I suppose and it's easier said than done and we all question you know our everything our everything what are we what are we about what do we stand for but I, I do think it's a mistake for anybody to like kind of give up on everything they've developed through their entire life just to fit into a an environment or a crowd just to be a pleaser um because you can please the right people you'll always attract the right people won't you if you remain yourself at least then the people that like you or understand you are going to make themselves present and then you don't have to ever pretend because pretending is hard Pretending's hard. Imagine having to act yeah. every day. Huh. It's not something that anyone should have to really do. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, it's a venture with Jordan, and Jordan's great. I love Jordan. He's uh, he's one of my you know best friends. As much as he's he's 
a recluse and likes to just train in the private spaces of Kojo's private gym. I'm sure I'll be able to drag him down for the old session <laughs> at the gym. He won't be there as much as me. I can tell you that now because I, 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 I get Jordan. I understand him. He's a creature of like kind of comfort. Um, mm. But, you know, as a, as a really good friend of his and a business partner, um, I value him heavily and I'll be there a lot. And that's a part of this kind of agreement that I'm happy to to work on because that's the part of me actually that I enjoy being. So yeah. I'll drag him down there for the old one. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the whole uh, estimated ETA to like be, be open and running? December, what's that? December the December. Um, so only a few months now. We've that's got, freaking awesome. Yeah, we've got we've got the majority of our kit. I've got some stuff that. Um, I just need to get a container and sort out, send some stuff that I personally chose as well. We've already got our um, Atlantis stuff in place. Our Prime order's already um, got a due date in October because um, it was ordered like over a year ago. You know, it's like Prime, it takes forever to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got Cybex stuff. We've got, you know, like all the all the things that we kind of wanted. The good thing is like mm -hmm. you guys, you all know your equipment and you know what you like. So one thing that's really cool that I have ordered actually, and this is kind of to do with my upbringing i've ordered the cybex range there's like five pieces of equipment they have they're actually like wheelchair accessible they have right. this um they have like an adjustment to them so if you're able-bodied you can still use them as well but they have like this like kind of pin kind of set up on the seats where you can like swivel them out of the way huh. and it allows for wheelchair access so i've bought basically a pull down a row a bicep curl a chest press and a shoulder press because we have the Arnold Classic here in the UK, the UK one, and there's a wheelchair class. And, you know, if we're an hour from Birmingham where the gym's going to be situated. And if people want to come and train, and I just want people to be able to come and do their thing with no limitations. Hmm. Um, I say, like, from my childhood, because when I, my best friend growing up, actually, his brother was, um, suffered with a condition called spina bifida. Yeah. So hmm. basically, his lower body was like, it, it didn't do anything. Like, he literally didn't have any um, strength in his lower body, underdeveloped. But he was, um, a really into sport kind of guy and he played uh, basketball for like team GB wheelchair team B GB and he trains and I see him train on Instagram still to this day and I was like you know what if I can get a few bits of kit that allow for people like my friend to, to train with no like awkwardness mm -hmm. that'd be brilliant so I kind of the gym's kind of sentimental to me as well because although it's a gym just for, like you know for the bodybuilders and whatnot it is an opportunity and a chance to provide something for people that have um, difficulty finding a space like that. Mm -hmm. but again, again, in Kings, I used to have a couple of people that used to come train there that actually had some conditions. I don't know what the conditions was, but basically some like upper body conditions that caused them to have like irregular, irregular irregularities kind of in their development. And they were always really, really pleasant and kind and very happy when they found themselves on a piece of equipment that was able, like unilateral and stuff like that, so they could use it for themselves because they mm -hmm. weren't like symmetrical. And that, that gave me a great joy. Like when, mm. when these guys would give me good feedback like that. So I thought to myself, now I have the gym myself and I have an opportunity. I think this is going to be a, a chance to kind of do that. And, you know, I just think it's a good thing to do. And I think that would be really great. And uh, the kit's good. Like able-bodied people can use it as well because the seats are like kind of they slot in and whatnot. And they're a good piece of equipment. It's all the Cybex stuff that we recognize. Mm -hmm. So um, nice. kill two birds, one stone, good equipment for everybody. And it allows for people that, uh, you know, aren't able-bodied to be able to still use the same equipment. That's awesome. That's man. awesome, man. So I got to ask you, where were you squatting seven and a half plates the other day? Oh, I got that That's video around. That's Muscle Works Orpington. 
That's Orpington. Uh, John's Yo, that was at Orpington. Okay. I figured yeah, it was a muscle there? works because I recognize the plates. No, I haven't been to the Orpington. Okay, so John's the... every plate's Alico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, yeah. I've been to the uh, the Bentho Green, Bentho Green location. Green. Yeah. John, so. John's like no expense spared. Like I, the, the plates in his gym alone are probably like oh, a freaking half a million like pounds he's got worth 200 of those 45 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah Good, literally yeah. and uh there's not a different plate in the gym that is the only plates in the gym yeah see yeah. see i'm like no nah, man i'm dreading it um but john's like that he's a sucker for that he loves that stuff are you gonna we gotta play you gonna play that scott so i don't okay. have the seven and a half i have the seven plate oh yeah 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 video well, you which to me seven and a half for a triple right it was a I just did a double. I just double, did a double. double. I did, I did, I did a, a set with two sixty six plates for whatever it was for twelve. Twelve. Yeah. And then and then and then a seven for six and then a, a seven and a half for two. Yeah. I was seven impressed for six is by crazy. This, yeah, I was impressed by this. I mean the, the seven and a half is it wasn't crazy. Bad. It, it, this is beautiful. This felt, man. this felt really nice to be fair. It's the first time I've actually barbell squatted in probably about four months. <laughs> no kidding. So why not just load it up? I mean that makes sense. <laughs> why not just put it there? Why not? <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it. That's still crazy. space. On, there's still space on the bloody bar. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I want people to see that control and that negative. You know what I mean? I see so many people that are just like just dropping down and bouncing yeah. back up. Like you're owning every ounce of this set. You know, squatting is one of them ones where I feel that I feel that they are an exercise that needs respect. Oh yeah. I, I, dis yeah. I dislike when I see people squat and look like they're butchering the movement. It really does. It's the one I like, I'm not a horrible person, but I do get offended by an ugly squat. That's a t-shirt. I feel like there's no excuse. Cause I, I hear all this like all the time. Oh, but my leverages or my limbs and my height, but I know friends that are like a bit taller or a bit shorter than me and their proportions are the same as mine. So I'm like, it's not like you've got like a super long torso or super long femurs in, in comparison to your torso. So there's no excuse. Just practice the right. movement because you can get a good squat if you practice. The only thing right. I will say that limits people could be a bit of ankle mobility, which yeah, right. you can work on or you can get a little bit of a, you can get a wedge. Yeah. Yep. So exactly. No excuses, people. You can always squat tidily. <laughs> squat tidily and carry a big stick. Yeah. Yeah. James' <laughs> advice. Squat um, tidily. Yeah, I, I was. I only and the only reason I did do squats yesterday is because there was a gentleman in there who was performing some really nice squats, and I was like, I actually need to man up and get back to this. It inspired um, you, huh? He did. He did. He had he had like two hundred kilograms or something on there, which is a really decent amount of weight, and he had some. He was getting some good sets on there, and I thought, Jay, man, like, you just got to stay loyal to what you're potentially able, uh, capable to do. Like, don't go in the gym and ever go under what you're capable of. Because mm -hmm. then, before you know it, you've done four weeks of that, and then you'll then you have to work back up. So just uh, get back on it. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. there's a fear, you know. You, you know, if you stay away from something that's hard, it becomes harder. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I, was like, so I was like, yeah, don't let that happen, Jay. Because then everyone's gonna overtake you. <laughs> so <laughs> don't want that. I, I love when you see that in the gym, though. And I, and I we talk about it on the show all the time. But you know, just the other day we're in the gym, and you know, I don't really spend a lot of time paying attention to anyone else. But you maybe no. between sets kind of look over and you happen to notice someone just flawlessly squatting. I don't care if it's two plates. I'm like, yeah. damn, you just don't yeah, see that. Them, so you're like, mm. I, I have to walk over and say something every time because I'm like, 
I don't see that often, you know, or, or there's, there's a, there's a kid at our gym. Um, I've told the guys about this, but uh, his name's Daniel and we're in the gym one day. It was late and I see this kid. He's got four plates on the bar. He's probably, it's on the ground. He probably weighs, I don't know, 165 pounds, 170 pounds, you know? And I go, ah, he's going to sumo it, but that's cool. I still want to watch. So I kind of watch and then he just grabs it. Normal. Just a dead nice. three Good. reps. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, you know, this, this kid's in high school. I had to walk over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I guess now he's got like a 535 dead. Nice. I'm like, there we that go. Was impressive you know? I do love, a, I do love a good deadlift as well. I feel like that's, a, I, I respect a good deadlift. Um, I do have, my, I do have, I do have, and say stuff, yeah, yeah. I, I do have a stand on that whole sumo versus regular for sure. Like I am that guy that was made. <laughs> because I've seen it. I've seen guys that there was this world strongest man just happened. There was like this deadlift competition and there was a few gentlemen in there that are very known for their sumo being huge. Okay. But the competition yeah. only allowed conventional. Ah, right. And, and it shaved over a hundred kilograms off all of them. No kidding. Yeah. So, so that's just, that's for me, that's enough to explain how hard a conventional deadlift is in comparison, and that's why it's a superior movement in my eyes. Hmm, yeah. um, gonna probably get some comments below, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, I always, always, I raised this question as well. I said to, I said in a group one day, I said, when you were younger, and someone said deadlift, what stance was the first one you did when you first attempted a deadlift? And everyone yeah. was like conventional. Yeah. So I was like, then that is what you know. That's what we all subconsciously believe to be the way to pull up the maximum amount of weight yeah mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah i'm i'm, I'm, a, mis- I'm mr conventional for sure i've never really tried sumo i actually think it looks like it's gonna hurt so i've just kind of stayed here for that <laughs> do you know what i mean i don't I, i've got a feeling like your groin's gonna like get pulled on it or something so i just don't go anywhere near that i, I think it has its place i think like i've seen people some people at sumo that have really good development you know in their like kind of glutes and like adductors yeah but yeah i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it to be like oh i've got the biggest sumo deadlift in the world for sure. Yeah, that right. used to be like a, a high rep thing that I did when I first got started. I trained with JJ Marsh and he was an 80s, 90s bodybuilder. And he was big on, <clears throat> we'd do weightless walking lunges every single day. Hmm. And yeah, then he'd them. have me do sumo deads like four days a week, but just two plates aside for like sets of 20. And just yeah. drive the well, hips. You know, yeah, that was, was kind of like, what, yeah, that's kind of like what like Patrick Tor kind of had me doing. Not that essentially, <clears> but he would have me on like a, I would often go onto like a, a T-bar, like a ground one, where it's mm-hmm. got like the two foot stands, and then I'd lift the T-bar up so you can hold a dumbbell and like goblet squat almost down into the hole with a wide stance. Yeah. And essentially, I was just doing the same as like a, a, a kind of sumo. I was kind of just squeezing my ass, really. Yeah. And uh, for bodybuilding, I thought it was a great movement. I still believe yeah. that there are some really good movements that are based purely on feeling. I know a lot of people are like, oh, what you feel doesn't necessarily mean what it does, but I, I, I disagree with that. I think if you can feel that you're really contracting a muscle hard under load, then it's definitely going to hit that area. So that's why I would say with like a sumo, for example, that you do feel your glutes get a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. definitely going to be great at building you a big old ass for sure. Yeah. Right. So if you've got weak glutes, like Michael Crizzo, Michael Crizzo, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like you, Michael, but you need a bigger ass. So just some sumo, sumo deadlifts and then you've got the, you've probably got Mr. Olympia's physique then. <laughs> Crazy. So I want to ask you a question. How's things with the coach? So far, so good. Um, I haven't bothered him too much, if I'm honest, because obviously he's had the boys competing. 
Yeah. So I'm and like, you just started, just, right? Like this is a couple, yeah, couple I'm weeks like a, or so. I'm a few weeks in. Okay. I, I've, I've, you know, I've put on some weight. Yeah. Um, obviously we know Milos has his specific kind of approach. He's very into his glycogen, let's just say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I think I've gone from like probably like 280 pounds, probably I'm close to like, I'm probably sitting about 300 now. No. Um, okay. And, and I so found quite, I feel quite, yeah, I feel quite lean with it because I do think when you have endogenous, can I say, can I say on here? Oh yeah. 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 Able, yeah so obviously endogenous insulin, I think like if you control your food like well, and use mm. it and sensible with it. I do believe it helps keep you quite lean because obviously you're controlling blood sugar very well if you use it properly. So right. I do feel I do feel like actually leaner at this 300 than I have in the past without insulin in present. Okay. So um, yeah, no, I, I feel pretty good. Um, it's a lot a lot of nutrition. Like the protein went up quite a high amount in comparison to what I was doing, and that was quite hard to do um, because I do find that I get sick of like chicken and stuff really quick. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So with that though, what you do is he's quite open to like variety. So if you want to eat fish instead, eat fish instead. So the last, like today, for example, I went food shopping and I just stocked up on a load of like white fish fillets, like cod, bassa, just things I find more palatable with a minute that aren't so dry and boring. So mm-hmm. he's cool. He's cool. No, Milos is good. I, I like Milos and I'm interested to see what happens. I definitely feel like um, what he wanted to get out of me is just like fill out. I definitely feel like that's happening. And I think it'll put me in really good stead for, when I do decide to compete, which hopefully will be like March time. So right. w- were you already in a surplus then before you started working with yeah, him and, I, and pushing I, I, up? I, I was, and then I scaled back a bit because I was dieting because I was actually going to do the show yesterday. Okay. The one that everyone done. I was actually going to diet for that earlier in the year, but then I developed kind of Kamasha, and I'll talk about that actually because it's quite interesting. Um, I So anyway, I was prepping and um, I had kind of Kamasha, which I never had to that degree before. Yeah, uh, and I and I've pinpointed why I do know why. Um, you guys talk about on gear and stuff, so you know all this. I was using Masteron to try and like inhibit uh, estrogen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and whether I don't know whether the Masteron I was using was Masteron or not. Oh. I do believe it was. I do believe it was, but I don't okay. think Master. I don't think Masteron for me crushes estrogen. Okay. I, I just don't think it does. I think Primo Bolin perhaps might be a, a much better option. But mm-hmm. I was I was not really into the Primo because it's 100 mil per mil. Fuck sure. doing that every day. Thanks for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, a lot um, more logistics to that. Yeah, a lot more logistics to it. So I was doing the Masteron and, and I was actually doing quite low testosterone in comparison. So to prevent anything happening. And I just, my gyno just went crazy, dude. Because I normally would have presence of like um, an aromasin, yeah. maybe some ADEX later in. But I went without because I was trying this new approach that a lot of coaches are doing now, which is better for your blood work, apparently, you know, because I'm trying to keep my mm-hmm. blood as, as healthy as possible. For me, it just fucked me. Just huh. fucked me. I know it came out of nowhere, boom, locked in, wow. went really hard. I was doing check-in pictures and my nipples were hanging down like someone put oh, fucking crap. balls behind them. I was like, where? I've been competing since I was 18. I never had it like that. Yeah. Um, and those were the only so two yeah, compounds? So, literally. Yeah, just those two. Dang. Just those two. That's why. It doesn't um, make sense to me. No, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me, but it's the same same um, anabolics I've always used that I trust and I know a lot of people use, and I've done all my shows on it. Yeah. Um, so I just think maybe for me, after I spoke to Jordan, actually, Peter's about it, and he said that he finds Masteron for him personally isn't great at controlling E2. Okay. He's, uh, he said that other compounds are far more effective for him personally anyway. So after that is when I was like, you know what, it makes sense. Maybe that was just the issue. So anyway... Yeah, it's cool. I had the surgery. I, I had the surgery done, which means that I, you know, I'm able to now 
do whatever and just hammer master on. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hammer master on. Hammer everything. <laughs> no, so yeah, that, which that's is so strange because you know master on shouldn't aromatize anyways, so it's just so no. weird. So I, it's also, that wild. The, the test, even a low amount of testosterone for me goes a long way in pushing, making my E2 right. I think I'm high uh, E2 naturally. Okay. Um, and I just, I just think that just got out of control. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, obviously, I came to Milos off the back of, of that, where I kind of had my calories in a stable point because I had the surgery, so I wanted to keep my body in a relatively good composition and not be too heavy, mm-hmm. yeah. so that the surgery was easy for them to do. I was in the two seventies or something, like maybe mid two seventies. And then, uh, like I say, actually, so I've put quite a lot of weight because I was in the mid 270s. So now I'm like 300. God, it's like 25 pounds or something. So yeah, we've put quite a lot of weight actually. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's where I was with that. And then um, I had a plan with Milos. I said, I want to do the Arnold Classic and the Arnold Classic UK. Is it doable? And he said, yeah. So no kidding. Like I say, a few weeks in and just trying to, trying to just force any growth I can get out of myself now before I diet. Yeah, a little bit later, and that's that's really where we're at. Yannick so says hello, by the way, guys. She wanted to say hello to you all quickly because she's uh, tell her we hello. Hey. hello. What's going on? Good job spotting the seven hundred and fifty pound squat the other day. Yeah, it's a good good job spotting me on the squat. Yeah, oh, some love hearts. Hearts. she's doing love hearts for you. There you go. Well, I'm gonna ask her a favor on air now. Do you mind grabbing me a glass of water? Is that right, my love? Yeah. Prove how lovely you are. Thank you. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will. So you're pushing yeah, up. So, so. Yeah, you're pushing up now, and and you're you're putting on some size. I wanted to ask you: um, Is his approach with insulin changed at all? Because I know he. I mean, Milos was like literally the inventor of mm. exogenous insulin in bodybuilding, and he used to do mm. you know high around training is, is really where yeah, it's pretty he would much put it. Still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So yeah, like most of your nutrient timing is just like excessive amount of carbohydrate intake and anything that's going to help push towards i suppose growth yeah mm-hmm. the supplementation like amino acids um all, all kind of around the training window really creatine monohydrate just anything like that that helps facilitate recovery and growth really is just prioritized around the training window with a little bit of you know glycogen attached to it and some insulin to help with the you know shuttling i suppose um, mm-hmm. it's, it's something i have i have done before myself but it's just yeah. um or it was kind of like not so specific with Milos, obviously he looks at your physique and he's like, okay, certain days will have maybe more than others, depending on what he's trying to improve. I can, like, he hasn't said that to me, but I know that's what he's doing. Yeah. So like shoulder, shoulder day, he'll probably push the glycogen harder than other days for me because shoulders Uh are one of my body parts that probably are not so good, which makes sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's always things that you think I should do, but you never really do because you just get complacent in your own approach. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to have someone else drill it into you and you just follow orders, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now with, with training, I know he likes to do the giant sets and all of that. Has he talked to you at all about doing anything different? Or are you just doing your own thing that you've always done with training? Um, he's not too forceful, but he says, James, if you can introduce some of that around the, you know, the tail end of your training, it's worth doing. Okay. Yeah. So I still, I still like to go in the gym and, you know, move load. Of course. But, but yeah, but I might find myself, you know, towards the tail end of an exercise, uh, a workout, perhaps pairing up a couple of exercises, throwing in a drop set. Yeah, um, I'm not really a giant set guy, just more so because of convenience. Because I think giant sets are quite hard to pull off in public gym spaces. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Be, let's I, be real, guys. I've actually told guys in my gym, no, yeah, no giant, giant setting. Set, you bastards! Yes. Yes. Exactly. I don't blame you. On a Monday, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, peak hours. No, not everyone trying to do giant sets. But yeah, so I, I it, it's a super set at most. But like, I do like doing rest balls and drop sets and stuff like that, and just stretching and I suppose just trying to intensify a, a session if I can in some 
demeanor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like shoulders today, you know, I might do like towards the end, I'll do some sort of lateral raise where I do like up and down the rack, old school. Mm, yeah. Then, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Cause they always, they always feel good. So yeah, a lot of it's instinctive still, but obviously at the beginning of a workout or when I'm initially doing a certain type of movement, load is still priority. Yeah. Yeah. You're still testing against previous workouts. For sure, man. Like, and I'm not a super logger. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like, I'm not as enthusiastic about that as Jordan. Like, Jordan would literally go to the end of the earth to pull five pounds more than last week. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas I'm kind of like, I go on a day to day basis, and I know that there's factors that dictate that sometimes you can't do what you did before. Yeah. So I'm not mar- I'm not married to it. I do like it. And if I can take it, I'll take it. But if I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's the day where I take it, I won't. I'll just make it intense in other ways. Um, you know, some days you I, put up I, a seven and a half plate squat. Other days, some days, and, and some days, like, honestly, like some days, I might get under a squat and just change the tempo to be even half that tempo and butcher myself on five plates. Right. Do you know what I mean? Just depending. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's it's really like, how do I feel about today? And also instinctively, how does my muscles feel like today? Like when you're like quite understanding of your own body and you kind of feel like something's needed, you just do it. Like mm-hmm. I might do a workout where I'm like, I need more blood volume in my quads today than, than load because they feel flat. <clears throat> Therefore, right. I'll probably, I'll do like hack squats and like get in the hole and like really like spend some time in it just to get that stretch. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. other days I'm like, no, I've got to move. I've got to move some load today because they're feeling weak and they need to get stronger again. So that my sets that are like the other sets are stronger. Because it's all carryover. Like for me, like those those really fucking heavy sets. Yeah. They're done in order to do heavier sets with the crazy shit. Right. You know what I mean? So when I get on a hack squat, I can do some fucking absurd numbers because I've been throwing in the barbell work every now and then or whatever. So it's all just to translate to other movements really for me. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. I you know, a couple of years ago you said something on one of our shows that I actually made it into a clip because it was such a cool piece where you talked about how, you know, going to that that dark place that we go to sometimes in training, that you found that like going to that place it started following you around. You oh, felt yeah, like yeah. it was just like a cloud. Yeah. yeah, remember that you were saying yeah. like it was just like a cloud that followed you around. Where are you yeah. at with that relationship to turning that on and turning that off today? Because that's something I know continues to evolve as we as we mature in bodybuilding. Uh, uh, it's weird because again, that's like the difference between someone like me and Jordan. I don't summon on it. I am, um, you know, like squatting yesterday. That's me, just like passive as hell. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, I like to move weight. There's weight on my back. Let's move it. There's no. I don't want to think about the shit that's so sad, man. I do that enough. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really, I really try to avoid summoning uh, a kind of dark, <laughs> yeah, summoning like a dark emotion in order to make something move. Yeah. Because I don't know. It just like I say, it lingers, and if it lingers for too long, then it can stop you sleeping at night. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I have a hard, like I said earlier, I have a hard time sometimes just through becoming an older man and understanding mortality and things because you know life experience happens you lose people um and you see things happen for the real and it affects you long term so i don't want to add to that you know i don't really uh, the gym's my place to go and test myself but i can test myself in a way that's like it's enjoyable yeah and mm-hmm. it doesn't requ- and it doesn't require me to like 
literally be like a savage. And I know it sounds weird as <laughs> people like, it's good to be a savage. And it is if you can do that. But if I be a savage, I'll commit arson or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I dare be savage because I know that it will be something I can't come back from. Yeah. Do, do you find that with your nice career... Practice. That's something that you didn't need as much because I think a lot of guys, when you when you get started, it's like we've talked about this on the show, driving to the gym, you're amping yourself up. Between sets, you're pacing around the gym. And then as you get older and you kind of – it becomes a light switch. like Because I, I feel like you see that. Like I can make a wisecrack in the gym and then walk over and do something ridiculous Ooh, 10 seconds later without thinking about it. Do you, do you find it for you that that was part of it too is like now you just go – no, it's because I'm lucky to be here and I can do seven and a half plates, so why not? I think ego lets me do the big lifts. I think I summon the the wanting to be respected for what I can do. Uh-huh. Like I, I do like, like I do command respect without, like I, I, I want to be able to say at the end of my career that people looked at me and they were like, that man was able to do some crazy shit. Yeah. And that's, that's all that alone isn't yeah, and that thought alone for me is enough without having to get too deep to uh-huh. do things. You know, I, I I am responsive to what people. I am responsive to things, so right. I take positive comments extremely well, but I also take negative comments extremely well. So, like, mm. um, like not well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So to hurt. I, yeah, to heart. Like I take a lot of things to heart. But then, if someone says something like, if they, if someone was like, I believe that you can do this, hmm. it goes a really long way with me, and it will happen. So, mm-hmm. again, that's like why I hire Milos because he's the kind of guy that will tell you he believes in you. And mm-hmm. I do. I, I relate this. This is I relate this to being like absent fathered mm-hmm. because I've mm-hmm. always kind of had to like, I've always latched on to. Anyone that's shown a level of care towards me who I feel um, who I feel is mature enough to mature enough and experienced enough that it's okay for me to warrant feeling that way towards them right um, without trying to get too like deep this is why I had a really I, I cared a lot about Patrick's opinion of me you know slightly older man he's a father himself. Um, he'd speak to me in a manner that I would imagine a supportive father would. Right. And that was like, was really encouraging for me. Yeah. So I don't know if I get a comment from someone I respect like that, like telling me you can do something, you can be whatever you wish you want to be. That goes a really long way with me. And that's why I can pull off some of these things I've pulled off. Cause I think some of those, um, past conversations or past, uh, yeah, past conversations really have kind of stuck with me. And um, mm-hmm. allowed me to just just channel that towards it. So I channel I channel positivity, really, and belief. Yeah, I think I like that. That's awesome. I I want to comment. Uh, you know, the top comment on your squat video is Ian Valer, all around <laughs> strongest bodybuilder ever. I said it. <laughs> That's a big statement. That's a big statement. <laughs> Ian's too Ian's too kind because I've seen Ian do some feats of strength. I've obviously seen um, many, many bodybuilders do some crazy feats of strength. So that's why my comment was blow. I don't believe that is the case, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's funny, though, is, is that there's a lot of people who can do a couple of things, you know, mm. that are very, very impressive. That's it. 
but mm. there aren't many. Like, I mean, I, I always remind guys when they're like, oh, you can do this and this. I'm like, yeah, and I can't press shit. <laughs> Nothing. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> and I think that that's a cool thing that's different about your training is it's like, yeah, I can rep a ridiculous weights on an incline barbell and I can walk mm. over and row or deadlift or squat and, and all the most basic, like you were saying earlier about things you respect, like I love seeing a, a gravity and a bar and weight and someone moving it, yeah. whatever it's supposed to be, you know, a, sh- yeah. a shoulder press, whatever. And you really do all those things. Plus, it, you're a real bodybuilder, meaning you're that's, really that's good the at thing it. I care and that's about a different most. thing. I, I, yeah, like, <laughs> like when there's there's a lot of powerlifters that do bodybuilding. You are a bodybuilder who can train that way. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah, you know? I, I I think the thing that again, this is like why I respect Ian because I don't like someone could come at me and say I've seen people lift more than Ian. But I'd be like, yeah, but did they lift as much as Ian and get to the Olympia and were an amazing bodybuilder? Mm. Because it's different. It's, 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 that's what I mean. It's different if you're an Olympian well, and sure. fucking one of the strongest. Like, yeah. And I know a few people that are one of them. And that's where like, I'm like, well, don't like compare them to your gym bro that can pull 800 pounds for 10 reps. That guy can't even win a regional show. Right. Right. Like, like it's not the same. He's missing half the fucking, he's missing half of the, the fucking yeah. picture. Yeah. Like and again on the opposite side, you show me the most impressive bodybuilder, but he can't pull eight hundred pound. Yep. So I'm like, you got guys like Ian that can do both. That's where my respect lies. You know, oh, I'm with you. You're like topping the world on t- like two, two things, things almost. Like, <laughs> yeah. There are like yeah, there there are obviously always, always going to be um, you know strong men and powerlifters that do pull way more but they've dedicated their whole life to doing so the fact that you go in the gym and you're a bodybuilder who just reps shit and managed to get that strong for me was mm-hmm. always impressive and you know I, I, that's why like i don't take offense really like if someone's like yeah but i know someone is like i get tagged in a lot of videos of people lifting maybe roughly the same as me or whatever and i'm like it's cool you're strong it's cool you're strong and then secretly in my head i'm like you ain't won a bodybuilding show yet <laughs> like do you know what I mean like, that's not me being an arsehole it's just like uh, it's just that you have to remember that we're not like we're not one faceted right like there's more and, and, and that's I like multi-faceted faceted people I can't say the word anyway you know what I mean so people like yeah. that's why I always looked up to Ian as well as a friend I think um, he's proved his kind of place in bodybuilding as one of the crazy strong guys and, and oh, yeah. seven for the Olympia multiple times. It's like, come on, how can you not respect the guy? How can you not respect the guy? So, yeah, yeah. he's one of the only guys that came to our gym and uh, repped the two hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Ian's a very yeah, good yeah. presser. Very good presser. I've oh, seen yeah. some crazy presses from on him, the incline, man. actually. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Oh uh, yeah, put him yeah. up. That was always my most like. You know, a lot of people. <clears throat> We got great reviews, by the way, on that uh, Ronnie video that we watched the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had people email me. Oh, no kidding. I think the one thing that like most people didn't understand that I thought was so impressive was when he's doing the 200-pound dumbbells, but he leans them back himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, like, that's yeah, more yeah, insane yeah, yeah. than the price. He just kicked them up, yeah. yeah, and then he just puts no them, wobble. and I'm like... Who? Zero wobble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kicks them up like they're, they're, they're 120s, and then reps out 12 and puts them down. I'm like... What? Like it's nothing. Smile <laughs> on his face, you know. Yeah, that was I real mean, the, heavy. The kick up is more <laughs> is is more impressive to me than the press. If you'll hand them to me, I can move them. 
but I can't kick him up. Like, no, nah, and the fact that, do you know what? A, a, a kick up on a kick up because he does it on a flat as well. Yeah, and a kick rolls up on a flat is really kick up on a flat is really difficult to control. Like an incline, you kind of know your stop point. Yeah, your back, yeah. The traps get buried in. You just go woo all the way all back. The way. Momentum. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he just rolls back like, like a turtle. That's how you know. That's how you know. Absurd. I still love. I still love like watching some of his old videos, like the squat videos and stuff. And yeah. there's the front squat with. I think he did the front squat with like six plates aside. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I love how it it kind of comes off his front delt on the last rep, so he just it. drops it on the floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Those are the best. Great gym. I like. I, I tried training there with Branch like last. Uh, is it this year? I don't know. Anyway, I had to squat when I was in there, obviously, because, you know, it's Metroflex. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> standing, standing where Ronnie used to squat and just trying to create your own little dream uh, sequence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I, that's I did bent rows on the the wooden box the with got, the rack yeah, that they do bent yeah, rows on. Rack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you get up there and you grab the bar and you're like, oh, the bar's a bit bent, so this is going to be hard to hold on to. And you just kind of, <laughs> I guess I better hold on to it. I'm not going to walk around and look for a straight bar because I don't know no, if there is one. Yeah, so you just grab that. the bar that's there and you just get going and you think, oh, this is Ronnie's box and Ronnie's rack yeah. and this is wild. Yeah. You know? I think that's the all the cool stuff that you'll get to do with the gym too, James, is like, I mean, you've done it as well. You you go somewhere like I'll, I will never forget going to Temple the first time and just coming down the stairs and being like, I can't believe this wow. is happening. Like, yeah, yeah. I've seen this on my television seven hundred times. Right, you know what right. I mean? And then you're walking through the place, and I, I think that that's a part that um, I look forward to with your gym as well. Is like I used to go to Venice uh, mm. back back in the day, two thousand eleven ish. I would go yeah. sometimes real, real early in the morning. It was empty, and they didn't play music. But the gym, the walls had energy. Like, from the yeah. things that had happened in there, yeah, and it was yeah. still hardcore at the time. They've kind of – it's a cool gym now, but it's lost that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to go in there and just – I would like, man, it does, it's four in the morning, five in the morning, whenever they open. I'd walk in right when they open. There's four people yeah. in here, and you could still – you were like you're humming with energy just because – the things that had happened there, you know, and that you'd seen, yeah. it's crazy. The, the, yeah. the history itself is in the, it's, like I say, it's in the veins of the place. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you can't take that away. Like, well, it takes a long time for that to, to, to dissipate. You know, you do yes. get along, like you say, so. Yeah, yeah they found a way eventually. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I went, I went to Gold's in like 2018 with Sasan. Okay. Uh, he was competing in the Cali Pro and I still felt a little bit of that essence there. You know, uh -huh. a little bit. Yeah, I think even more so since then. It's kind of. It was like pre twenty twenty. You could still see yeah. the essence. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's why I, I felt yeah. there was still some charm, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bodybuilding's yeah. funny. It takes you around. Like I've been. You consider everywhere we've all been between the the, the, the crew of us. You know. Um, it, it's such a global thing, isn't it? And like, there's no place in the world untouched by it. It's, I met you for the first time. It was at the the Arnold that almost didn't happen. That was the first yeah. time I met you in person. We were standing there backstage. 2020, yeah, just before yeah, lockdown. 2020. And I, I yeah. remember I was like, hey, let me get a picture with you, James. We were standing backstage where they were like shooting some video and stuff. And you stopped and you're yeah. like, we're really here. Like, we haven't met before, have we? And I was like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. No, we haven't. But I, like, yeah, I didn't you, think about that. I was like, oh, there's James. How's it uh, going, man? You always, when, when you do meet <laughs> other people, you always have to question if you have or not. Because yeah. obviously, digitally, 
we're all so kind of connected that you kind of feel like you have met everyone before. Yeah. I still meet people now and I'm like, is this the first time? And I have to like double check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I always find it I always find it odd when I'll see, you know, I'll see you in the UK and then I'll see you in Germany. <laughs> and then I'll see you in Dubai. Yeah. And then I'll see you at the Olympia and I'll think, Jesus, my my dad lives like two hours away. And I think I see James <laughs> I <seen> him. <laughs> more. You know what I mean? More like often. It's, yeah. it, and you go, Jack, am I like a terrible person or is this just how my life is? Like, is this Dude, just we're all the how things we're are? All the my, my sister you know? lives two hours up the road. I've, I see people from the other side of the globe more often than I see my sister, for sure. You know? You know? I'm going to be in Sweden like this week for the uh, NPC, the Swedish uh, shows. Oh, cool. And, you know, I see them people more than I see my auntie who lives 20 minutes down the road. Yeah. So it's just what it is. We're a big family and everyone just like catches up often, you know? Yeah. It's funny how used to travel you get at a certain point and how normal it becomes to you. You know, you especially because of you've that with mutant on a mission and stuff, you've been like all over the place, man. Yeah. That's I'm still, I'm still not the best. I'm still not the best traveler. I still kind of get a bit of anxiety before I have to go somewhere. Yeah. Do you do any like any rituals? Like, do you take an Ambien or do you do, like no, drink? A, I just like drink a relaxing tea max. at the I airport. Or? <laughs> no, I, I I stress to the point where I nearly have a breakdown, and then and then Yannick is just like, "Well, it's too late now that we're on the plane." <laughs> what, what's the, <laughs> I'm what's, on the, the plane. <laughs> what's the stress about it? Is it about like forgetting stuff and making sure you have it, or is it about the actual flight? Like, do you not like? The space on the plane. I think it. I, I think it's just me overcomplicating everything. I think me. I'm just a right. thinker, so yeah. I just can't. Really, I'm not very. I'm, I'm. It's hard for me to switch off. So, um, I and I and I. If I'm doing something that isn't, I'm kind of selfish with my energy levels. So, if it's not me, like, oh, I need to do this for me. It sounds bad. But I got to do it for someone else. Sometimes I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like, can I get like <laughs> a bit grumpy? So and I'm like, I shouldn't even be going to this thing, and I have a moan, and then I'm fine. Once I get there, I'm absolutely fine. I have the best time of my life. So it's yeah. just me being, a, it's me just being a grumpy 34 year old. You know, it's just yeah, not anything yeah. particular. I, that's a big part of it. I I find I get grumpy about the trip that's coming because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't have time for this. I got so much going on. I got, I can't believe it. You know, I got to go away. I got to pack all this stuff. But then once I'm actually like there or even on the plane there yeah i'm sort of like okay let's go it's like, all perspective isn't it you, yeah it's, it's, if you, it if you choose to look at it from the perspective of, i'm not someone who gets excited very easily and i wish i was i really right. wish i was because i know a lot of people like you know they say they're going on holiday the whole week before they go on holiday they're so excited about going away i've just never been like that and i'd, yeah. I'd mm -hmm. love to know what that feels like where you're really anticipating something you do <laughs> it's it's bad when know, someone I, I, can't relate I, I, to you though james my mother dude, used to ask me all the time she'd be like are you excited and i'm like no i'm busy yeah. and she's like why are, are you mad i'm like i'm nothing i i'm nothing exactly it's not just it's like going the, to the you know going somewhere to the grocery store tomorrow is the same as getting on a flight to go yeah. to another country i think the only thing that changed after the uh the 2020 incident was the realization that we were lucky to do it. I definitely had that yeah. where I'd go, yeah. man, I mean, between that, between that and the near death thing, I definitely realized yeah. like, you know, when, when I'd be a little pissed about getting on a 14, 15 hour flight, I'm like, 
there are people that could have never done this. And yeah, I'm getting yeah. paid to do it and I'm complaining. There's yeah. something wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to take a step back. For sure. Yeah. It's, it is about acknowledging, you know, how lucky like we really, really are. Like mm-hmm. for any of us that are like, able to pretty much bodybuild full time and yeah. not have to do too many commitments. I do think it's a sign of like, I was thinking this the other day, like I do think generally speaking, we as people are just not as uh, capable as our previous generations. And it's not because, um, it's not because we've necessarily become like weaker or anything. It's just because everything's changed so much that we're kind of, everything's laid out to make us that way. Right. Because convenience is such a thing now, like Amazon uh, Prime, like in England, you can use Amazon to order everything. You don't have to go nowhere. You have to, so we've just become very like somewhat kind of lazy culture. So then the minute we are expected to do or be anything, we're very quick to kick up a fuss because nothing's really a challenge anymore, if that makes sense. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't like to admit it, but yeah, I, I know that my fucking granddad and his predecessors were probably far more capable people than personal oh. than I am. <laughs> Humiliating. Yeah. yeah. Like imagine any of us like stuck out in the woods and like we didn't have any food or fire. Like can any of yeah. us light a fucking fire here? I don't it, know. It, it, rem- it reminds me <laughs> of uh like the I I saw some guys talking about like uh w- you know, would you rather be a king in the sixteen hundreds or like these other things and a lot of guys were like, oh a king in the sixteen hundreds and the one guy's like if you get like scratched by a cat you could die yeah like you don't know antibiotics like like you could die of food poisoning at age 30 so easily right like you've a king in the 1600s versus like middle class now with xbox and like legal weed like (laughs) an iphone like forget about it there's no comparison you know like (laughs) i I just lose that. that Yeah, we, we, yeah, I, I always think about that. And then that's another reason why sometimes I feel like, man, just be capable. Come on, get it together. Yeah. You know, some, <laughs> people, some people didn't, people didn't have a choice back in the day, you know, they just had to make do and survive. So yeah. we need to just, yeah, do the same. But, you know, I know it's just yeah. a sign of the times really, you know, it's, uh, I did a video the other day on my YouTube and it's like, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a deep one. It's just like saying we're living in a digital age and it was just explaining just a lot of my, kind of feelings towards how it affects us as people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, like what we were talking about earlier, like some of the things about comparison and, you know, every day when you're looking on something like Instagram is you're being shown what you don't have and then you start to feel resentment and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like I said, I feel like it's kind of almost the powers that be have set it up to be that way to make us weaker men. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they want us to be like, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, nothing, but it, it's in the benefit of the people above. If we're easier to control and we're easier to, if we're weak, if basically we're less resilient, right? Absolutely, you know, because then we're easier to persuade, we're easier to follow orders, we're easier to whatever. Yeah, you know? I was listening to some guys talk about like, at what point will will we be living in VR? You know, and we'll just our bodies will just be hooked up to like feeding tubes and we'll just be, you know, eating filet mignon steak in our matrix, you know, that whole thing. thing. And think of the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're kind of already, there's people that are already essentially, you know, 
not really living in reality and they're sort I'm like of like a half you know, a step away from that i'm in this right office, right right, right. Like, this is me you know, going got, out right now you got this james you got james gaming four hours a night but then yeah. he's also putting 700 real pounds on his back so he's still connected to thing, reality yeah. and gravity but but like how, like again how many how long before is this till it's this yeah yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. once upon a time it wasn't even this yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on, so, it's on the wall. Like, realistically, you, yeah, you have to, like, it's not out of consideration, um, and it is potentially there. You know, you look at like how AI is now. I don't know what I'm looking at on Instagram, whether it's real or not. Now I've got houses being shown to me that are like really <laughs> aesthetic and beautiful. Right. Yeah. I'm like, and I look at it and I'm like, that's that's that is an AI, and it's it's an AI that's done in a way that is based on all the information we fed this AI because it's trying to show us something that we find super duper attractive. Right. And basically that's how the world is now. Now I can't tell what's fucking real and fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy. Very valid. I, I, uh, I watched an, I watched an Instagram reel the other day of some airplanes flying around. You know what? And it, I thought I was watching air show footage and then I start reading the caption and it was an AI generated video yeah. of yeah. fighter jets. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I saw the same the other day. I saw, I saw a tornado, uh, a tornado that looked really fascinating. Love tornadoes. Yeah. Saw it, and then it's like at the bottom, it's saying, Yeah, it's an AI generated tornado. Ah, oh, man. Like, it's, it's mad because like, I can't trust, you just can't. The only thing you can now, you know, trust actually is this. But isn't what it weird see? how. Yeah, but isn't it weird because all that we remember and all that we really talk about with our friends and whatnot isn't this? Yeah. Right. Like, I haven't spoke to you about anything I've seen physically today. We're speaking to each other about what we've seen on Instagram. Right. But that's, that is, that's just, again, it's quite weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. I don't now often walk down the street, see something, come home and tell Yannicka about it. But I will right. show me Yannicka on my phone 16 times a day about a post about a cute cat that I've seen. Right, right. Right. <laughs> right. But you'll I see don't. a cute cat and you won't take a picture of it. Oh, no. Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're, you know, wherever we're going with this, we're just saying this so, you know, again, it's not me trying to say um, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but, you know, patterns are there. You can see yeah. something going in a certain direction. It doesn't take a genius to see the direction we're going in. And there's mm. definitely a change occurring. And it's getting faster and faster because technology does that. I can't remember the word for that, but it's basically the accumulation of, you know, tech and its speed of increase, like increased speed of development. And what happens is over time, it gets quicker and quicker. So it actually multiplies and how fast it develops to the point of what happens at the end. Yeah. Right. Where are well, we I going think you're going to, you're going to lose though, a lot of, um, the the endorphins and things you feel from doing things it's like i know a lot of people like i am not a i'm a guy that uses this credit card to fix everything i'm like oh that's broken i'll just get it fixed with paying yeah. this guy but yeah. you can't deny that there's a different feeling between success on a computer and success moving dirt in a wheelbarrow and filling up something and, and physically walking away from something you built i think that's something people need to make a more regular part of their life however that is not to be some drastic thing i mean i still wash my own car just because i like to but it is yeah. something that i look at and go 
okay, there needs to be more of this in my life because I do spend my entire life staring at the same computer. They're just not usually friends mm. on the other side of it, you know? Mm. Absolutely. I think that's a really valid thing to say. I look at my neighbor, my old neighbor, a gentleman called Mike, and he's an older gentleman and he's out the front, you know, washing his car multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. And I know why. I know why. It's to keep in touch. Hmm. Right. It's to not lose touch. Yeah. You know? I said this to myself the other day. I was walking down the street. I think I was walking down the street. I don't know where I was. Um, but it was, I said to myself, if I was to just ask myself a really simple question, what do I need more from in life? Like, it was a really basic question. And the first thing that comes to your head is the answer. And the word was ocean. Hmm. Right. And then that, so that said to me, like, okay, then I'm lacking. It's like when your body's lacking a mineral, you you crave orange juice because you're lacking vitamins. I, yeah. I said the word ocean because I, I lack the sea breeze, the smell of the ocean, the, the, mm-hmm. the horizon, the sunset. So it goes, you know, like that one answer has led me down a path of, wow, there's a lot of things that they clearly mean something to me and I'm not putting myself there enough. Um, and I'm starving myself of something that's fundamental that could probably save a life essentially right you know because there's living and there's living and and i like i said i asked myself that question to consciously to consciously get an answer to understand where am i at hmm. and the fact that mm-hmm. the word that came back to me was such a vivid and particular thing it made a lot of sense um ask yourself when that I, like if, if i if you know if i could put you all in you know in that situation where you just say what do i what do i need more of in life and it could be anything from fucking chocolate bar to fucking one word answer sunshine whatever it'd be interesting to know what the immediate response is in people you ask and i think right. it would tell you a lot i think it would tell you a lot about those people and what and then that what it tells you about those people would probably that answer would probably be very helpful in understanding how to perhaps improve their existence one of my favorite moments on our podcast ever was the first time we had you on and you told us the full story about the mount kilimanjaro trek yeah. oh yeah and the, the the what was it three weeks two weeks you spent on the mountain about two weeks and and um and i've told that story to a few people along the way and i've even sent them that episode to watch because i thought that was such an impactful episode for me just listening to you tell the story yeah i so i wanted to bring it up with you and just ask you how often do you still reference that experience in your own life because it i remember the way you described it was was pretty profound i still reference it quite a lot because um because everything we've just spoke about that's the answer to it almost like uh, a time where there was an absence from technology and being around the elements and people and only having the option of being present with what's in front of you. So mm-hmm. anytime I find myself kind of really discussing this, that's a perfect segue to that conversation about that experience. And I have to talk about it with people who I feel perhaps are in need of that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I know someone's in a rut or just like stuck in a cycle, and they haven't had an opportunity to break away and just get in touch with themselves a bit, then that conversation can come up quite quite frequently because a lot of people come to you and they say like, where do I like find joy? Like, where do I find some sort of like, happiness? And I don't have an answer for that because I think joy and happiness is something that I don't even understand. But I think an experience like that at least gives you time away from all this that you're not then 
um, you're not then occupied so much that you can't think about right. where is happiness and where is joy. Because you can only get answers when there's some silence. And we live in a noisy time. Like every day, like we're surrounded by noise. And how on earth is anyone meant to come up with a, a solution to anything when there is no time or no absence from influence? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the obsession, right? That's why, like, you when you drive a car now, people get to a stoplight and have to get on their phone. I'm like, it's yeah. 90 seconds. Like, do you re- like yeah. you got to get on Instagram, right? Like, there, there's an obsession with being busy and keeping their mind busy, and there's definitely a superpower involved in being still and just yeah. having thoughts. Like, that's how I that's how I got into cigars on accident. I had no idea, but now it's like a nightly thing. It's you know, especially when it's just in the winter and stuff. It's a bonfire, a cigar in silence. Perfect. I just sit out there for two hours, and it's amazing what you come in with after that, yeah. or have friends over. And same thing, you'll realize you had, you know, three or four people over, and your phone's been in the house for three hours. And you're like, shit, yeah. I forgot I had that thing. And yeah. and that's not something that happens in, in any of our lives very often, you know, because no. for me, the rest of the day, you know, it's it's within reach all the time. Yeah. And that's where, that's where, let's cycle all the way back to the very beginning of this talk. The gym used to be that place mm-hmm. for all of us. And then th- everything changed. So now you're in a gym and that isn't a place where people go to disconnect. They go there to connect. True. And, and that's affected everything. And that's why, that's why it's very difficult sometimes being a certain way and finding yourself in that environment and thinking that it's a good place. You know? Absolutely. Does that make sense? It's full yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like say, you used to go to the gym and it was phone in the locker. Yeah. Grab the, grab the steel, the, grab the bar, fill that bar, and nothing else existed for two hours. Yeah. And then now it's like, okay, set up the phone. Let me get make sure the mic's attached to the fucking phone. Let's make sure my um, <laughs> my um, tripod's in the right place. You're never truly disconnected because you're always thinking about: Is this right? Is this right? Just where the gym should be a place where you go to just fucking let every thought in your mind disappear, and you just get in touch with yourself. And it right. just doesn't happen anymore. And that's like why. And I totally understand people of a generation like ours or the one before have a certain opinion on everything now and no one will understand that's not from that generation because again like i said it's not their fault because you're born into what you're born into and if you're born into a time where that's the norm you don't know any different yeah that's all you know mm-hmm. it's all you know and it's 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 a shame because it's hard because you can never educate them on what was before because it will never be that way again yeah i had a discussion with a friend the other day he said how much would you pay for high quality 4k video endless amounts of all your early 90s training footage because that's what we have now right yeah endless endless amounts of 4k training footage and i said you know what i think i'm actually super lucky that I don't have a single second of it because it's the way I remember it. It's, huh. it's mine. No one gets to judge it. No one gets to tell me what I was doing wrong. No one gets to analyze it. 
And I think maybe that's a lucky thing for my generation of bodybuilder is that, yeah, you know, we, we got the benefit of the, the tech later in our careers, but we had that magic window where there was none, you know, I got that taste of like, there is no footage there. There is no group photo from the gym. Those guys are just the way I remember them. You know, I think that's, I think that's probably one of the most profound things that's been said on this podcast today. Like when you were speaking on that just now, like that, that hit home for me massively. And I think there's so much weight in what you just said, like the privacy of your past yeah, and the memories of your own and the nostalgia that you hold dear mm-hmm. that isn't to be shared and that isn't for other people to penalize or, you know, um, dissect like you, your, your history is your own history. And that's something that's personal to you. And, People now haven't got that. Yeah. Right. Right. No, no. <laughs> there is no well, James, now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I appreciate your time, man. We took uh, a full slice of your daily pie. And, uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. No, honestly, guys, like, I love these kind of conversations. And I know they're not for everybody, but I'm damn happy to have them. And I really appreciate you guys and your you know the fact that our personalities will kind of meet in a good place so well you. you're Me definitely too. you have definitely never let us down james so thanks for your <laughs> thanks for your My third favorite. appearance our most frequent guest ever to shed <laughs> oh and, and we, will get you, we will keep an eye out because we're going to drag him over for a mutant on the mission to the, the absolutely shed. Oh, hell yeah. coming back so, we already scheduled yeah, arnold uk so oh, we're that, coming back so perfect Time Love to go. Time. I know All where right, I'm man. headed. Okay. Yeah, I know where you're headed as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Hit up James Hollingshead. What's it? Hollingshead 89? What is it? Yeah, okay. Hollingshead 89. And I'll be sure to put a link to your YouTube channel in the description so if people have they probably already are subscribed but if they haven't go over yeah. and check that out you've got like all that like the whole gyno saga and all of that yeah, kind of is stuff, over there too stuff. so just everybody can check that stuff it. out yeah, yeah awesome thank you, okay appreciate you. thank you guys. awesome thank you so okay much. thanks a lot remember everybody it's just bodybuilding 